by Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. And welcome to the Writing Report. I'm Jeff Carter, and with me for the very first time is Jeff Lehman, who is the district chair of Muskoka, who uh, was elected just following the municipal elections we had uh, in the fall last year. And the district chair is elected by the actual district councillors, which generally include a couple district uh, councillors from each town, plus the mayor of each town, who are in fact district councillors uh, at that meeting, and they get together and cast ballots and determine who would be the uh, district chair. Now, in this case, uh, John Clink had uh, become district chair for a number of years uh, after having been the mayor of Gravenhurst for an even longer number of years, and uh, he retired as district chair at the end of the last term. And there were a number of candidates that ran for district chair. And Jeff Lehman is, uh, well, the new district chair elected by your district councillors. And, well, Jeff comes to us with a fairly um, impressive CV, if we want to call it that. Um, I understand that uh, he was uh, an economist who was actually the mayor of Barry, but he also... Uh, I guess, taught at uh, the London School of Economics, which is quite impressive in itself. And you've had a number of, um, I'm going to call it, um, positions where you've helped towns and, and cities uh, basically move forward. So welcome, Jeff. It's, it's Thank quite you. exciting to have you here. Well, it's very exciting to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation and, uh, and glad to come in and chat. All right. So you are the former mayor of Barry. Yeah. You were mayor for about 12 years and uh, now, all of a sudden, we find that you are the district chair. So the first question that one has to ask is, why chair of Muskoka? Sure. Well, I, I had made the decision to not run again uh, for Mayor Barry, to retire as, uh, as Mayor Barry after three terms. I thought 12 years. Um, you know, I always think change is good. So on, on that level, that was important to me. Uh, I've been a part-time resident of Huntsville for 30 years, since the 90s. Um, but the core of this, and, uh, you know, my partner Carolina laughs at me because I was retired for all of three weeks before um, um, I had the honor of being selected as district chair. And, uh, you know, I love municipal work. I've spent most of my life in and around towns and cities um, trying to help them achieve uh, their goals. And I've been very fortunate, as you said, to serve in some different roles. So I put my name forward for uh, for district chair and I felt I could I could help with some of the issues that we're affecting here. And there are some that that are affecting us all across the province and municipalities are sort of called on as community leaders to try and address those situations. Uh, and the more I talk to people uh, here in Muskoka uh, in the fall, uh, the more I thought I, I might have something to offer. So I was excited by the opportunity. I'm even more excited to to now have the the, the chance to serve district council. Okay, so that sounds very political, the answer, but, you know, like, really, what is it that you um, wanted to do, yeah, you know, sure. as district chair? 
it, it's it's like being the super mayor of Muskoka, and you certainly have a, a lot of experience uh, with regards to you know running a bigger city. Yeah, and a lot of people that I talk to are are you know not exactly thrilled that you know Huntsville and, and Muskoka for that matter are are growing and turning into sure. a very very small berry, and and they're well, kind of concerned. Yeah. That, you know, yeah, we're losing course. the small town feel. So what is it that you as district chair want to do with Muskoka? Yeah. And like, let's call it out. I mean, do we really want the mayor of Barrie to come along here and make Muskoka more like Barrie? Of course not. Of course not. Um, I think the, uh, the the issues affecting us here in Muskoka, the ones that are consistent across district. And, and you got to remember why district exists. It exists to tackle those issues that are common among town and townships uh, in our part of the world, in, in Muskoka. And so key among those are protecting the environment, and that is to do with land use planning and controlling development, making sure that it occurs in a way that doesn't screw up uh, our natural environment, doesn't screw up the wonderful uh, communities that, that we've got here. And at the same time, the huge challenge that's in front of us is we all know how expensive it is to find a place to live here. And that uh, has gotten worse during COVID and and over the past several years. So we know we do need housing, and, but the solutions in Muskoka aren't going to look like the solutions in Barrie. The solutions in Muskoka are going to look like, you know, um, uh, mid-rise development, low-rise development, uh, the kind of purpose-built rentals in, you know, four units and 10 units at a time, not 200 or 400. Uh, it's an entirely different kind of situation than what's faced in Southern Ontario. I think where Jeff Lehman comes in, the position of district chair is a very, very unique one in the municipal sector. There are so few places around the province where the chair is elected by council. I serve council. I'm not the super mayor. I, I work for the mayors. Uh, my job is as chair of uh, a group of 22 people who do have elected mandates from the people. It's to help them accomplish the goals that we share across municipalities. And those are really real. So what does that mean in, in practice? It means tackling the things. This is why district exists. It means tackling the things that might be uh, too large or are more efficient to tackle at a, a regional level. Things like healthcare, things like housing, things like district roads and water and wastewater. Those are the core of, of what we do. But we've seen uh, the problems that that we are called on to address as as uh, community leaders are much bigger and more complex than they ever have been in the past. Think about climate change. We have many members of district council who talk very passionately about wanting to, for their kids' sake, uh, make a positive impact on on climate change in our part of the world. Uh, and what that looks like in practical terms here uh, is protecting the watershed and protecting the natural environment. And I, I think I bring some experience to, to helping do that. But not for a moment do I believe I'm here because people wanted to import in some way, um, you know, uh, Barry's solutions. Uh, but perhaps the experience that I've I've had in Simcoe County Council and Barry as uh, head uh, as a member of the Association of Municipalities of Ontario, sort of advocating for local solutions, that's what I do hope to bring to Muskoka. All right. Um, well, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about um, duplication mm, uh, of sure. services at district and and at the municipal level. And there's you know uh, I guess some concern with some people about. The fact that, you know, there seems to be um, a bigger bureaucracy because we've got um, functions that are being served at both the municipal level 
and the district level for essentially the same thing. And I'm going to say roads and, and planning, which comes immediately to mind. Yep. Is, is there sure. any plan there to sort of figure a way to um, lessen the amount of bureaucracy doing, you know, essentially the same kind of thing? Yeah, I think perhaps the perception of that, because it's the same service delivered on in different areas, doesn't necessarily mean it's it's duplication. So we have district roads in Muskoka. We got local roads in Muskoka. We take care of the district roads. Local municipalities take care of the local roads. In some cases, there are efficiencies to be gained where you've got the same people taking care of both sets of roads. And I do think there will be a look during this term of district council at, at which road should be district and which should be local. Um, but what that should be guided by is the best service to residents. How can we keep those roads in the best condition we can? And how can we do that with the most value for tax dollars? So we always want to eliminate duplication. And there, you know, there are always flashpoints where you see, a, you know, a snowplow with a plow up going down a road to get to another road. Well, why couldn't it just have the plow down and keep doing all the roads in a certain area? Those are the kinds of practical solutions that, that I think local government, when it's working well, uh, is is good at delivering. And that's the kind of stuff we'll look at for um, for practical purposes for roads. I think with land use planning, there's there that's a really interesting one because, you know, the function, uh, the, again, the functions of planning at district are different than local. We look at zoning issues, for example, here in the town. Uh, the district looks at official plan and more, you know, environmental policy and things like water and wastewater. Again, can you, uh, you know, municipalities can constantly be getting better at at reducing duplication and making things um, more efficient. Uh, but I think in general, there might be a little less duplication than than uh, than we think. What there is is two level, two different levels of government involved, each in their own lanes. And and what we want to do is make sure that if that's going to be the system, uh, it's as efficient as possible. And we're we're uh, we're not spending more money than we should delivering the service. All right. Now let's talk quickly uh, about one of the big issues, which is, of course, health care. Yeah. So we've got, uh, you know, two new hospitals that are in the planning stages. Yep. Um, there's also uh, Fairvern yeah. uh, Nursing Home, which yep. is uh, uh, being, I guess, built or about to be built. And that's going to be under the purview of uh, district mm-hmm. government, which is highly involved in health care in the region. That's right. So can you tell us a little bit about how the district plans to, I guess, help fund the two new hospital builds, which the local share yeah, is quite daunting. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in Ontario, we have this really weird system where um, local communities are required to come up with, in our case, it's about 25% of the overall project cost. And if you look at uh, max uh, two sites in Bracebridge and Huntsville. The total uh, bill at the moment is just shy of a billion dollars. So the local share is uh, 225 million is the current number. Mm-hmm. That's an enormous amount to be raised in in communities uh, in our region. And, uh, and just so as to, to give people an idea, yeah. what is the total district budget per year? Yeah, well, our operating budget's less than 100 million. Right. Um, and so, you know, this is not something where, and and by the way, Hospitals are not a district uh, function. They're not a town function. It's not a local government job. Healthcare is the province. And that's why we pay huge amounts of provincial income tax, provincial sales tax, 
they go to funding our healthcare system. But in Ontario, we have this weird system where, uh, yes, but if you want a hospital, you got to come up with uh, 25 cents on the dollar locally. And and that's, you know, that's not a political thing that uh, governments of, of three different uh, political parties in Ontario have had that system now for decades. So uh, if, if that's the case, um, the way you raise the money partly is from municipal contributions, they're called by both local and district, and partly by fundraising. So the hospital foundations will run campaigns to raise a chunk of that money from donations. And then uh, another, the rest of it uh, needs to come from municipalities that represent the people who are served by the hospitals. Um, we've seen that Huntsville and Bracebridge are going to make their own contributions District uh, will make a substantial contribution and has already started to put money away. So last year, um, you know, before my time uh, was the first year that in the district budget money was put towards the local share to start saving. And I guess, Jeff, the the only um, saving grace for us with really big numbers like local share is that you can raise them over a very long period of time. And in this case, probably about 12 to 15 years. So you don't have to come up with, you know, $50 million or $80 million in next year's budget. Mm -hmm. What you do is put a little bit more away every year. But I always feel like you got to be able to go to a taxpayer or a resident of of any of the communities and and say, yeah, we're we're asking you for a little bit more on your tax bill towards the hospital and and be very transparent about that. you know, whether or not we agree with that system for funding hospitals in our province, it's the it's the way it gets done right now. And so we will likely end up asking everybody who pays taxes to the district of Muskoka to pay a little bit more every year. Um, just to give you a sense, though, on the on a home assessed at um, $350,000, it will probably come in around $4 a year more. If you do that for 15 years, it adds up to a lot of money. Uh, and, you know, we can certainly argue as to whether there are other priorities that should be higher priorities for district. Um, but we know these are the top. Uh, these are so important for Huntsville and Bracebridge and indeed for all residents of the district. I mean, having local health care, health care close to home is absolutely critical. And, and we do have growing communities and a population that is using the hospital more. Uh, they're constantly above surge capacity levels today. Uh, I think we all know about wait times. So there's no question we need these these facilities, Um, you know, working out the math as to how we're going to try and raise that local share is is not done yet. But it's something we're spending a lot of time on. And I hope we all are able to do together and feel the kind of pride in that contribution that communities can when they ultimately open the doors to a new hospital, because, you know, the local share is, is a huge piece of it. We, we build these projects with our own money in our own communities. Right now, you know, the local share has nothing to do with, I'm going to say ultimate service delivery and wait times, that sort of an operational kind of thing, which is funded by the provincial government. And, you know, it seems to be a system that, um, the province doesn't have a lot of faith in at the moment because they are looking at um, detouring around some of the the wait time issues and using, you mean for surgeries and for things. surgeries yeah, and things sure. like that. Yeah. So um, I, I guess you know building a new hospital isn't going to necessarily mean increased funding to make all of that in the way of wait times go away. At the same time, I was going to ask. Is the district behind the current plan for two brand new hospitals mm-hmm. 
um, you know, want the Bracebridge uh, Hospital, you know, a brand new building on brand new land, mm-hmm. uh, which is yet to be determined. And the Huntsville Hospital, a brand new hospital somehow uh, situated on land behind our current hospital. Right. Is there any thought that, you know, like we may not have to follow through that entire plan and maybe there's ways to save money in the future by making some changes to the hospital plan? Or are you just saying, okay, Mm. um, MHC, we're good with what you've got? Well, I don't think there's any plan at district to sort of change the two sites model. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do think uh, members of district council are asking tough questions of Mac around, um, are you doing this in the most cost efficient way possible if there's going to be two sites? So for example, we talked about duplication earlier. Here's a here's a great example. What what do you need in the local community, and what's maybe more specialized health service that we could accept? You know, if, uh, having at one of the two sites. So of course you need an ER. Uh, of course we're we're going to have acute care available um, in the uh, at each site. Uh, that's part of the the hospital's plan. Um, but when we start to get to the more specialized services. Do we need to have two of them in 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 every case? No, of course not. So um, I think the question to the to the hospital that is continuing to be asked, especially by those of us involved in trying to raise a lot of money, uh, is um, is how are you making sure that in a two site model there isn't um, a duplication that is unnecessarily expensive? You know, you bet you're trying to balance two things here, which is we want care as close to home as possible. And when you're in emergency, you want to be able to get to the care you need as fast as you possibly can. I have some experience with this. Um, uh, you know, over the years, all of us who live in central Ontario have had relatives who've had to go to Toronto for some kind of specialized care. And over the years, places like South Lake and Newmarket, RVH and Barrie have been able to add some of that care. And that means, you know, if you have a heart attack, instead of being in an ambulance for an hour and a half, now you're in an ambulance for 45 minutes and that can make a big difference. So, when time is of the essence, you want that care as close to home as it can be. When it's a scheduled procedure or a more specialized service um, where time is less of the issue, uh, you still want it to be convenient and closer to home, but perhaps that's where you could go to Huntsville instead of Bracebridge or Bracebridge instead of Huntsville. That's an open switch. That conversation is going on right now, and, and it's really up to the hospital, uh, not the district council, to decide that model. But we're being asked for a lot of money. So so I think you do have district councillors asking those questions, and, and we should. All right. We're going to take a quick break. After that, I'm talking with Jeff Lehman, the district chair of Muskoka. We'll be right back. Your source for community. Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. And welcome back to the Riding Report. I'm Jeff Carter, and with me, District Chair Jeff Lehman. And, you know, we're talking a little bit about, uh, well, actually quite a lot about health care just before we uh, went to break. But we've only got about four minutes left, Jeff. So I want to talk about, you know, some of the um, biggest issues for the district. And yeah. we sort of touched on it, I think, uh, in the way of housing and homelessness. Uh, is there anything you can uh, tell us a little bit about that and what the district is doing to try and build more affordable homes. And, you know, I I see a lot of talk. There is a lot of talk about, you know, doing a certain number of units, Mm -hmm. but it's a long time between talking about it and actually getting built. And I I think this 
issue is sort of cascading. Yep. And I wonder if you could just speak to that. Yeah, a huge issue. What we need most in Muskoka is what we call purpose-built rentals. We need affordable rental housing for people who, who make a modest income. And um, that is not something that uh, is is built by uh, government. Typically, we will try and grow the supply of social housing here, too. And that's for people who who need it most um, attainable, accessible and supportive housing. But the purpose built rentals that that will uh, provide a, a, an apartment at a reasonable price for people, especially in the towns, but also in in the townships and in places like Port Carling and elsewhere. Um, we need to encourage that through the planning process. And district also has certain programs where we try and help the economics of getting those built with with financial incentives. Um, you know, that's that. Well, I'm hearing that from employers. I'm hearing that from residents. I cannot find a reasonably priced apartment. Uh, to live in. I want to move to Muskoka and be a nurse. I want to move to Muskoka and work at a, in, in the tourism industry. Can't find a place to live. Uh, and uh, and so this is a top priority for us as district council. Okay. And so what are you doing about it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we have direct incentive programs, which is about trying to change the economics. But district, you know, local government isn't the level of government in Canada that has all the money. So mm-hmm. we're trying to get federal and provincial money into Muskoka to to assist in changing the economics of some of these developments. We, we have to build on the Canadian shield here. It's really expensive uh, to, to, to do the site work to build a building. So uh, that's part of our job. We advocate and try and get projects going. And then there's community groups, uh, such as the Muskoka Community Land Trust, that are trying to get projects going uh, right here in our community. Uh, and we can help that also by making the approvals process easier uh, more straightforward, less expensive. And then in some cases, we can help with some of the direct costs around land. And this is a, something I'm really passionate about. Local governments, regional, district government, uh, and especially the province own a lot of land in Muskoka that could be used for housing. It's just sitting there. Let's get it uh, used for affordable housing. Let's let's uh, do uh, projects with not-for-profit organizations and, and try and get something going. So we've done a comprehensive inventory of all these lands. We're going to start bringing some of them forward for for development. Uh, and again, it's mid-rise um, and low density. Sometimes it's going to be two and four and eight units at a time, but that's how you eat an elephant, one, one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sadly, I got to say that there's a number of years between, you know, releasing oh, it takes the land time. And, yeah, big and, time. and actually yeah. having somebody move into a unit. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. And in the short term, we have things like rent subsidies mm-hmm. um, to try and just help people this month with mm-hmm. the cost of an apartment, people who cannot find housing in, in, in emergency situations, um, especially in the off season. We use hotel vouchers for people who mm-hmm. are homeless because we don't we don't have uh, shelter services. So, you, you know, we're, we're also the level of government that that tries to catch you, you know, uh, um, in an emergency, in a, in a in a crisis situation. But those aren't long term solutions. I mean, right. we can help someone with rent, but that's not creating any more housing in no. Muskoka. So we got to keep our eye on the long term, too. Right. The uh, town of Bracebridge we were reporting just the other day that there was some 17,000, um, I'm going to say, um, accommodation nights that they provided yeah. uh, last year, which is like a, a 600% Huge increase, yeah. increase over the same yeah. time the previous year. So yeah. it's, a, it's a huge problem. And it um, is. I'm not sure who can fix it. 
And I don't think there's any quick fix. Well, the, the yeah, it's trite, but the answer, the, the solution to homelessness is housing. I mean, first, you need the affordable places for people to, if you don't have that, you can't start to provide services. But the other real change we need to make as government, all levels of government in Canada, we got to start helping people with the reasons they become homeless. And if you don't provide the support services, I'm talking about mental health, addictions, employment support, if you don't help with the reasons, then then ultimately people can get stuck in the cycle, right? Um, so things like supportive housing, and there's a small supportive housing project in Bracebridge that just got open in the last couple of years. We need we need a lot more of that. And uh, otherwise, you're just treating the symptoms, not helping people with the, the underlying causes. All right. And we've quickly run out of time. I could chat with you for another couple of hours, I'm sure. Maybe uh, you'll come back and uh, love we'll to. have another go. I'd love to. Anyway, thanks very much. That was Jeff Lehman, the District Chair of Muskoka. I'm Jeff Carter. That is The Writing Report.